I will never say I quit. When it's all said and done, mankind, The Rock, is gonna hear you scream, I quit. After last night's match, well, I felt like I'd been hit the head with a chair about 11 times. Mick Foley, say I quit! Mick, say it! What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Stoop Life Podcast. I'm gonna I'm gonna quit the intros today, and we're gonna get right to it. First debate of the year. If you guys haven't checked us out yet, we do a thing called the Stoop Gauntlet, which in, involves doing debates, sports debates, all types of debates. Today, we got a newcomer coming into here, Jay Atlas, and then we got a veteran of the game in there, Steve Taylor. Today, we're gonna be hopping in. Stoop Gauntlet. We're going to be doing WWE. Now, most of us that actually listen to the podcast that are part of the group are around the same age as us. So we all know and grew up and loved WWE, especially the Attitude Era. So this debate is going to be about two of those guys that everybody knows, everybody loves in that era and in wrestling history. So today we got a debate between... We got Jay has Mankind, which a man that we can clarify has very many names, which I'm sure he's going to do. And Steve is going with The Rock. So, guys, welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the debate. I'm, I'm excited for this. And I want to say thank you guys for both hopping on, taking time out of your day and coming on. And uh, if you guys are ready, we can just get right to it. They are setting a tone get for right you. It. it is. So this is how it works. I got a little coin flipper right here. We're going to flip a coin. 
whoever wins the coin flip gets to decide if they want to go first or if they want to go second. And then we're going to do like a, you know, Stephen A type of thing where you get to do your argument and then come back. So, Steve, since you were in the room first, we're going to let you pick. You want to pick heads or you want to pick tails? Uh, we're going to go with tails. All right, here we go. Flip. Never tails. Oh, we got a, got an L. You got an L. Jay, it's on you. You want to go first or you want Steve to go? You know, first time here, uh, underdog, so why not go first? All right, I like it, man. Okay, well, all right. We'll let you uh, give your thing. You can talk about whatever you want to talk about. Tell us why mankind is better than The Rock and if why he's the best ever. Because I believe you think he's the best ever. Maybe, I don't know, but we're going to find out here. So you got five, ten minutes. Hit us with whatever you want to talk about, about mankind. And then, Steve, you already know the deal. I don't got to tell you. But go ahead, brother. Floor's yours, man. Let's see what mankind brings. So I'm going to try to do this as efficiently as possible. But in order to, to contextualize what we're talking about, we got to define it. We got to find some common ground on what we think greatness is on what we think you know who's more important so we got to figure out what that looks like uh according to uh vikings magazine the goat is defined by you know six characteristics uh it's their team accomplishments the individual accomplishments the impact on their sport personal statistics longevity of success and their effect outside the sport now i'm setting up steve for a fantastic run here and i'm going to prove by doing that that Mick Foley still holds it down. And, you know, Bleacher Report is, has uh, their, their run for what a WWE wrestler or superstar uh, is supposed to be. So their five uh, categories are wrestling ability, charisma, mic skills, character, and look. So I'm going to try to hit each and every one of these points. But to do that, I have to set up the history so I got to give you all a quick backstory. I'm going to try to condense 13 years into about five minutes. So if I can do this, you know, Steve, more power to you coming in on that one. But I got I got some time ahead of you. So uh, for those who don't know, Sony, uh, they've been around for a while to do electronics, introduced their home videotape recorder uh, on June 7th, 1965. You know what's convenient about that? That's the day when Mrs. Foley's baby boy came crashing into the world. A star was born, and they were ready to bring him in. All I'm saying is that's a tough thing to come back from. The Rock was a movie star, but they put cameras in the house on the day when mankind was born. So here we start. And this guy has no physical gifts. If you talk to every promoter, if you talk to you know, the guys in the industry, he is not what you would physically go for. He was not a product of the time. Uh, even as a, at a young age, he was not built to have the same level of success. You know, born in Indiana, raised in New York. Uh, this guy, you know, played every sport possible. Did his best, you know, created characters to like entertain his buddies. On his 18th birthday, and the reason why I mentioned the video camera, on his 18th birthday, he went on a date with this young lady. She called him the wrong name. He had a little mental breakdown, and he started pitching this character to a friend of his because they loved wrestling. So the legend of Frank Foley was born, and he created Do Love, his first character, and cut a promo. Did a full video package about how he was the man, how he you know, could get the ladies, how he was willing to endure more than everybody else. Things that are consistent throughout his life. 
and his performing time. So he was, you know, famously hitchhiked to uh, Madison Square Garden, saw Jimmy Superfly Snooka hit the big splash off the cage, and he recreated that. Snooka went 12 feet, Foley went 16 feet. He jumped, you know, Snooka jumped into a canvas, Foley jumped onto asphalt covered with a couple boxes and a couple mattresses. This guy made it on his own. He had to promote himself. He had to give himself to the people, and he had to show that he really was committed to this idea because, again, he wasn't physically gifted. Uh, so, you know, he agreed with his parents to to stay in college while he was wrestling training, and he would drive five, six hours into Erie, PA. I mean, listen, if you're going to come to the state, you got to come to the state, right? And I know it's going to come back. Yeah, The Rock was in, you know, uh, here as he was uh, in PA as well, and that's fantastic. Kind of cool that both of these guys are – you know, local in that in that way. Uh, so in contrast, we had in 1983, Mick Foley, Cactus Jack, Nick Foley, Mrs. Foley's baby boy, whatever name you want to know him by, made his wrestling debut 13 years before little Dwayne Douglas Johnson was on camera. 13 oh. years before... Mrs. Foley's baby boy was out here entertaining the people. He was giving it to him, earned it. In that time, when little Dewey was still wet from the womb, he was walked backstage. He was literally brought in through a corridor where a dozen of his relatives held it open for him and said, yep, this is the next one. You know who didn't have that privilege? Mick Foley. And so what we ended up with was somebody who had to create character who had to develop personality who had to sacrifice to build to get to where he was he didn't have that door open and he went and just worked on the circuit built his character got his jaw busted by dynamite kid couldn't eat for couldn't eat for a month couldn't eat solid foods for a month but that's when he started to think more and more and more and more and more about who he was going to be so he started you know working uh, with his buddy uh, Dom, uh, Dominic Danucci was his trainer, uh, and they got in with uh, Tommy D, and they were running Foley, you know, all across the Midwest and in, in New York and in PA, and that's where Cactus Jack started to come in. So he started to get dark, and he realized, oh, I got to do something special to set me apart from the rest of these roided out characters. And so again, developed a personality. His second character developed immediately. So he do love. He had Cactus Jack, met his wife in 89, 90, I think, got married. And she was like, hey, man, you're, you're better than this. You can do more than this. You don't have to be a punching bag for these, you know, these numb nuts out here. You could be something special. And I don't know if you've seen Colette. They've been married, you know, as long as we've been alive. That's a beautiful woman, talented woman. And he says way out of his league. So she didn't marry him for money, looks you know, uh, or, or anything else other than the fact that she actually loved this man. Still together to this day, three, you know, solid kids. And that's when Foley really started to develop. So Cactus Jack came into being. Uh, uh, and then, you know, instead of being that glorified stuntman, he eventually works his way to WCW, where he debuts as an opponent for Sting, the icon Sting, Surfer Sting, not Sting as we know him, not as old man Sting, but as young, I mean, just champion, just running through everybody's Sting. And that's a that's a hell of a way to come in. 
you come in against the champion, you come against a guy that's already established and you've been working independence, you've been in and out, you know, here and there being an enhancement talent. Hall of Famers like Paul Orndorff, Harley Race, Vader, who by the time he had gotten to WWF, before Rock made his debut within, uh, I forget what it is, but it's like the USWA, Foley had already had his ear ripped out. So, you know, he went, did the spot in Munich where he gets tied up in the ropes, the ropes were too tight, pulls himself down, rips the back of both of his ears. And for a long time, it was, oh, that's where it was lost. During the match later, Vader reached over and ripped his ear off because it was dangling. That man still continued the match, still continued wrestling immediately afterwards. Foley independently went to Japan. He came back to the ECW. He worked Smoky Mountain Wrestling. And it was his time in Japan doing death matches with, uh, with Cherry Funk and with, uh, I, know, I know it was KI, but uh, another uh, Japanese ritual where he became king of the death match got the attention of Vince McMahon, and then was brought in in 96. Now, I know I went over five minutes, but I wanted to give a little backstory in order to prepare for when, you know, uh, uh, Dwayne, I'm sorry, let's, he wasn't even The Rock then. So when Flex Cavana, is that what we're going to call him at this time? <laughs> so when Flex Cavana was coming out with the Jerry curl. So I wanted to just give you all a little bit of history on what it took to get to where they were when The Rock's career started. That's going to be tough to, you know, address, but can you really say anything in terms of being brought in? Didn't have his daddy to back him up. Didn't have an uncle to back him up. Didn't have cousins to back him up. Wasn't walking around being held by Andre the Giant. He hitchhiked to a show to be there. So what you got, Steve? Ah. <sighs> Alrighty. That was a good intro. That was a good intro, I'm not going to lie. But it was a long-winded version of telling us why he is an underdog and somebody you root for. I heard nothing about greatness. I'm just going to be honest with you. I didn't hear a single thing about greatness. So, um, obviously, if we were talking about an underdog story, if we're talking about somebody who's a legend, Here's what Mick Foley actually is. He's the best ever in the unquestioned goat of being a hardcore wrestler, right? That's undisputed. And it's not even, like you said, based upon skill. It's just that he's, like, damn near indestructible. He can – his tolerance for pain is high, and the things he's willing to do to put his body and test it to the limit is, you know, bar none, is something that you can't even, you know, compare to anybody else. But when we're talking about greatness, like you said, the worst thing you did was lead – with defining what greatness is and then go on a 10-minute spew of not checking off any of those boxes. So all I heard about Mick Foley was he had a tough pathway to success. True. He's an underdog. Most of us are. And you didn't talk about any of the accomplishments, any of the impact and stuff. So let me unpack it for you and start with all the rebuttals. So the first thing is you talked about how he had – all these different arenas that he's been to. Obviously, he's with ECW, WCW, and then WWF eventually. Here's what you left out, though. Yes, he, he had his big introduction with Sting, and Sting was the man at the time. He was you know, arguably the face of WCW, but definitely one of their homegrown superstars. The problem is, Mick Foley's entire career, even with that point of him being introduced with Sting, He's been just a shadow of the real superstars and the real guys who are truly in this conversation. Because I'll be honest with you, 
I know you truly believe he's as great as you say, because when you believe something, you're willing to stand out on an island. The problem is the Mick Foley island gets hit with a hurricane every time a true superstar comes in, and he had this big head start on the rock, 13 years, all this stuff, only for him to not, not even reach like a, a, a small portion of what the rock's uh, success and his peak was. And ECW, you know, even when he was there, the best he's ever done is be, you know, a tag team champion to another household ECW name. Because let's be honest, at the point in time where Myth was there, the top tier stars, most of them were still at WWF. The ones that weren't made their way over to WCW or they were homegrown superstars like the Booker T's of the world, staying people like that. But even with, we'll just say, the C-level stars, he couldn't even be the big fish in that little pond. So I hear all this underdog story, and it would be if, like, the equivalent of what Mick Foley did, like, if he was as, as, as great as you say he was, he would have been somebody who went overseas and was in maybe an NBA G League who's putting up, you know, 35, 40-point triple-doubles. He's a person that was, you know, the equivalent of not even, you know, maybe barely scoring 20 in the G League. We put him in the NBA, and the only time he's ever seen true success is when he's on a super team where you can tag team with the Rock and Sock connection and piggyback off of the Rock success. When we can throw you in, you know, main events with The Undertaker and show how indestructible you are by throwing you through tables and stuff. Like, he was in ECW, and some, and no disrespect to ECW, because we know they did the best of what they could, and they were entertaining, but they were fighting in gym arenas, and he'd be jumping off of the bleachers through uh, a table on fire with thumbtacks at the bottom, and they still didn't even reward you with making you the top dog and a champion, and they predetermined the outcomes of these things. So I hear a bunch of why you like him, and he's honorable, and he has character. When we start talking about greatness, he just doesn't measure up. And if we start to go through stats, which is another part of it, let's go through what he hasn't accomplished. Like, okay, when he is at WWF in 99, he finally reaches the apex and he's the WWF champion. So on paper, when you see, hey, he's a three-time champion, it sounds good. The reality of the situation is the only reason he ever got the belt is because he's piggybacking off of that man, the great one, as they call him. He was the champion. You can try to dispute the, dispute the facts all you want. I don't know how old you were, but I remember because at this point, like, I was very aware. I actually had a wrestling game that year that happened, but that's the whole sidebar thing. But the reality of the situation is this. Mick Foley was never top dog and did not win the heavyweight championship and was the guy until he piggybacked off of his rivalry with The Rock when he got kicked out of the corporation and he won the belt, yes, three times. But to be honest with you, it's only one championship run that stretched out through the period of the end of 98 to 99, and two out of the three times he won the belt, it was on tape delay. So it was, where's this draw? Where's this excitement and stuff? They didn't even have a live event for him to win. And the only other time he won the third time was in SummerSlam 99, when Stone Cold was at the peak of his popularity, popularity and his arrogance. He decided, I don't want to lose the belt to Triple H on one of our four main cornerstone pay-per-views. Let's throw Mick Foley in here because he's somebody who – it's great to piggyback if you already have those superstar names. I'll lose the belt to him on the pay-per-view, only for him to be the liaison to lose the Triple H the next day, which was the major part of the script. So, and then on top of that, he wasn't the, he was never the, the main heavyweight champion before that point in his career at any um, uh, federation he was in, and he's been uh, tethered to all these superstar names. And then after that, he never even gets another heavyweight championship 
after uh, WWF buys WCW and you have a whole other second heavyweight belt, you still don't give a shot. And then from there, they can split it up and have a SmackDown and Raw champion. You still don't get this, uh, this these title shots and these guys. I'm like, we all know that at the end of the day, popularity is not the end all be all. But when you're as great as what you're trying to claim Mick Foley is, there's no choice but to put you as the top dog at some point in time. Every single other person who is in legitimate boat conversations, the Rocks of the World, Taker, Stone Cold, Ric Flair, Hogan, Bret Hart, all of these guys have had multiple championship runs and they've had classic rivalries. All he's been is maybe a B-plus star that you can put in rivalry with A-plus stars in an attempt to boost him only for him to somewhat you know, drop the ball or maybe not fully deliver. And the thing about it is, all, most of the classic matches we remember with Mankind, it doesn't matter if they're Undertaker, Rock, Triple H. I can think of classic matches that were absolutely outstanding and he held up his end of the bargain. You know what never happened at the end of those matches? It never counted one, two, three, or he submitted and won. He was the loser on most of the biggest matches he was a part of. And I'm sorry, when you can predetermine the winner and you're supposed to be this great, better... You think he's better than literally anybody in this history of the sport of wrestling, and you define the criteria, which I partially agree with, but there's nothing you can say that he measures up with any of the stuff that you claim, and to make matters worse, there's things that they, they uh, assess throughout, you know, uh, wrestling magazines and different things like that. He hasn't cracked higher than maybe top 20 on any of these lists. I've seen lists where he was out there in these... Um, List that they have year to year, or they rank guys. And it's like, how in the middle of his prime, if he's truly better than Stone Cold, Undertaker, Rock, even somebody like Kane, you had Sting, you had Goldberg, you had Booker T. When they were all in their prime, these are guys that were getting top 10, top five, sometimes number one ranking. For a single year in his prime, he was ranked like 46. How, what's, what's the explanation for that? He was in other federations and is supposed to be this top guy, and he opened up the lane of hardcore wrestling and stuff like that. Why was he never, you know, rewarded with the best? Like, the best reward Mick Foley's gotten his, his entire career as a belt is Vince McMahon when he decided to freshen up the WWF championship belt and get a new one. He gave Mick Foley the old one, broke it in pieces, put some duct tape together, and said, here you go, Mick, you're the hardcore champion. Because that's the best he can do for you, and that's the only title that actually fits. So I'm going to just leave it there because I think – you want about 10 minutes. I think I want about 10 to report. What, what can you say to any of this stuff? And just know I got more. All right. All right. Can we keep it, can we keep it going? I feel like this is a good, unless you want to move to the next topic. I feel like we got a good thing running right now. If you, you got more, I you got, got, you got, you got, you got, got the response. I mean, you were taking you notes over there. You were shaking your it. head. I want to hear what you have to say specifically. I want about, to hear that response now. I want to hear the piggy so bank part and that last part you just talked about there. You highlighted. I seen you. So yeah. I want to hear it. <laughs> oh yeah. Just so you know, respectfully, I'm taking notes because I I like what you're saying. So I got to make sure Absolutely. I keep everything here. Say you know here and read it twice. Um, first and foremost, let's address it. Let's kill your point because it was factually inaccurate. And I'm sorry to say it, my boy. You said he never cracked top twenty. But uh, 1999, Mick Foley was number 19. That's it. You are discredited. He beat 20. He was 19. <laughs> Just factually, he beat 20. So fundamentally, that's it. You said he was never the guy. Mick Foley independently 
So it's personal statistics, which is one of my points for what it makes you to be the GOAT. I, I'm sorry, it's what it is from uh, Viking Sports Magazine to be the GOAT. Continental Wrestling Association, tag team champion. You said tag team. ECW, tag team champion. Mid-South Wrestling, North American champion. Freelance shows, Tri-Cities tag team champion. Lou Fez Award, Frank Gotch Award, International Association of Japan. He was their tag team champion. He was the king of the death match, which is an independent award. Uh, he was the NAW heavyweight champion. He was the NLW heavyweight champion. Ozark Mountain Wrestling, North American heavyweight champion. Thailand Pro Wrestling. Nine. Of their seven. I'm sorry? I said, did you, you say, just say in the mountains? He was the heavyweight champion oh in the mountains. <laughs> Ozark. Ozark. Oh, okay. I, I you said, said the mountains. Yeah, no, no, just of the mountains. I'm, <laughs> I'm with you, though. <laughs> Sorry. So, Steel. It sounds believable, though. I thought you did it. Just the mountains. The mountains. He, he, won, he won that Hills Have Eyes matchup. Steel City champion. TNA, he was a Legends champion, and he was their main champion for TNA. And TNA had a run, you can feel how you want about it, where they were actually starting to pull. They suffered from the same thing WCW suffered from, which was a little Kevin Nash, a little Hulk Hogan, little Jeff Jarrett problem, but he was still their guy. Uh, world tag team champion, uh, world class champion wrestling wait, wait, champion. Wait, wait. I have a question real fast. I don't like to interrupt. You said... TNA, he was the guy. What happened to TNA? They're still around. Actually, they're partnering with AEW. They're partnering with New Japan right now. They have a partnership where they opened the Forbidden Door, and what is now created is essentially what WWE did, because for WWE, who was a stalwart, WWF, who was a, it's us and nobody else, anything else beyond us isn't real, AEW came around, opened that door. But before they did, a uh, uh, TNA opened the door. They had partnerships with New Japan where they were bringing in talent and they were going you know, across boundaries and across borders. And they allowed people who wouldn't be the guy, like an AJ Styles, for example. You're going to say that guy doesn't deserve all the success he had because he was a TNA guy? How about a Samoan named Joseph who isn't you know, Samoa Joe being the guy, according to himself, who now walks around on the island of relevancy and, you know, we the ones and whatever that is with the with the nephews and the family members. We're just piggybacking off of other success. AJ Styles built that on his own. He was, the, you know, he was a bumper for WWE. He, he was a bumper for WCW, went to TNA and he's the guy. But a Samoa Joe... Not a Samoan named Joe, not Joe Anawaii, talking about Roman Reigns, for those who don't know at home. Uh, Samoa Joe was a, an inbuilt name. I mean, he did the ROH circuit, which, by the way, Mick Foley again, ROH, TNA. So ROH is Ring of Honor. Uh, so he's, you know, Japan uh, deep. Rock was only in one place. And he wasn't even in there long enough. So you look at his career, but there was, what, like a seven-year gap? Oh, was it 04 to 2011 before he came back? He was doing like part-time shit. Foley was a commissioner. He was backstage. He was developing the women's brand. So again, the the he doesn't have the titles. He does. He has titles in places where we don't think it's important because we don't think about them. But that he built other companies off of his name. So I got to ask you one question. In the Mount Rushmore of wrestling, you will put up, you said uh, uh, Hogan, 
uh, or a rough, sorry, Flair, a take or a stone cold in a rock. Uh, I think you mentioned Ric Flair, but what is that mountain made of? You're talking about carving into granite. You can't have a Mount Rushmore without what oh. is underneath it. You can't dirt. have a Mount Rushmore without granite. Oh, you said dirt. Even if it was dirt, but you need that to hold you up. You need a foundation. You need a quintessential and the most important piece, which is a supportive structure that holds together all the other. Sorry, I almost cussed, and I'm going to pretend this is a kid show. Uh, <laughs> the BS <laughs> that goes on top of it. And what that was, was bone, it was flesh, it was blood, it was sacrifice, it was humility. And you know who had that? My guy over here. Solid, solid. He fell for the bait, guys. I'm surprised he did that. I baited you in every single thing that I said because I knew Mick Foley was ranked 19, and that was in 1999. But you know what happened in 2003, just a few short years later? He was ranked exactly what I said, 46. And I said, barely cracked the top 20, because 19 is barely there. And to quote Nelly from a song, what does it take to be number one? Two, no, two's not a winner, three nobody remembers. So 19, who cares? That's way down the list. And you brought up how he was uh, the head guy, or he was you know spearheading these other federations. Well, guess what? These guys actually never challenged the main top dog company, and on top of that, you had to partner with other people just to stay afloat. Well, that makes sense. I already addressed that. Mick Foley has to partner with other superstars to be relevant and even be the A-list main event guy, only to never actually come out on top. So everything that you're saying, you just fell for the bait and fell right into the trap. And here's the other thing, and I was waiting for you to bring up the Samoans and different things. Even though The Rock, yes, he comes from a prestigious wrestling family when he first uh, got his mainstream appeal and he started to catch some some you know some momentum is under the name Rocky Maivia, which was because his dad was Rocky Johnson and Peter Maivia, his grandfather. And he came in and obviously right and he had he had uh Yokozuna is a relative as well. So the thing about it is you can look at it from one of two ways. You can look at it as you know, he had a silver spoon in his mouth. He had everything easy. He didn't have to work as hard because he wasn't getting his, his ears ripped out of his, his sockets and stuff like that. Or you can look at it and say, hey, you know what? There's a lot of pressure to live up to this legacy. And can you actually live up to it? The answer to that is no, he didn't live up to it. He surpassed it by far because if you look at that Samoan family and you look at the tribe of what they've created, nothing but legends, who stands at the top? unquestionably, it's The Rock. And if we would have made a statement like that in 1995 or 96, it would have sounded laughable. We talked about Yokozuna, who was in his prime. He battled with some of the best people like Taker, HBK, some of these other guys. And guess what? By the time we gave it another decade, which, you know, wasn't much uh, far removed from when Yokozuna did his thing, The Rock had already surpassed him. His dad was great. He was uh, a tag team champion as well with Tony Atlas, and he did their thing. Even though his dad was very successful and had his own legacy and his own right, this, just off of name value alone and legacy and stuff, with The Rock not even being a major tag team staples guy, you can argue his tag team runs with some of the people he was paired with and some of the people he helped pro, um, you know, boost up, i.e. Mick Foley with that Rock and Sock connection. That was as legendary as anything, almost anything ever in the tag team um, division. So it's like... He doesn't need a lot of time to accomplish the greatness because Mick Foley can have a 10, a 13, a 30-year head start, and he can 
stick around an extra 10, 12 years after, it wouldn't have made a difference. He's just not going to hit those levels because he didn't. And he had ample opportunity. He, he had legendary matches with The Undertaker. They had a whole rivalry pretty much for like three, uh, two and a half to three years. And he couldn't even do but so much with that besides lose the Hell in a Cell match. And then you go piggyback off of that right into a rivalry with The Rock. And it was limited. You're in SummerSlam, which is a big four pay-per-view with Triple H and Stone Cold and Jesse Ventura as the special guest referee, and you win the match, and nobody cares, and 24 hours later, you're not even a champion anymore. This is not Marcus of Greatness. I understand you need dirt, gravel, the earth, water, wind, everything else to build up these things and stuff, but there's no Mount Rushmore besides the hardcore championship and maybe your personal list that has Mick Foley anywhere close to it. I can think of four Mount Rushmores with different combinations. He's in none of them unless you have to specify the hardcore division because even when his tag team runs, he's not even making a tag team Mount Rushmore. I'm like, you're you're bringing things that you like and honorable things, but again, we're not hearing anything that defines greatness. And you want to talk about somebody sustaining a legacy outside of the ring or inside of the ring. The Rock has not beat on both fronts. You have the Samoan family. You have somebody that likes over John Cena who pretty much came and filled that same lane that the crowd. The, the Rock didn't create that lane, but he definitely is the apex of it and shows you what it looks like at his peak. And then one generation later, you have somebody can, um, you know, kind of fill that lane and become a superstar in their own right off of his back. Nobody, we can't say that about any of uh, Mick Foley protégés or anything like that, at least in, not to that level. Right. And then if you're talking about outside of the ring, well, we already know his influence is on IG. If you want one example, Mick Foley is a little bit over 250,000. I think that like what 260 some odd thousand dollars. Rock has like 360 million. The impact is undeniable. He's got his own tequila. He's got partnerships with Under Armour. He even did the book thing. And they even let Mick Foley release his book a little bit before the Rock's book. You know why? Because we already know, hey, they're both wrestlers. They have this uh, connection, right? We can build off of this momentum. They're both going to be New York Times bestsellers, but if we don't let Mick Foley go first, he doesn't stand a chance following The Rock, just like you don't stand a chance in this debate, because it's not a real debate. It's me spinning out facts and reviewing history, and it's you giving us history that matters only to you, because at the end of the day, yes, what you're saying is actually, you didn't exaggerate, you didn't lie. Kudos to you. But in a matter of relevancy, it doesn't matter. Okay. All right. Um, yeah, do you want to answer? Do you hey. want to? Do you want to answer it? Listen, I think we got another like ten minutes each to keep running this. So I feel like <laughs> no. I feel like, respectfully. I think we can keep doing this before we no. even go to point. I want to. I want to have you talk about ready. one thing about his rebuttal. You really mm-hmm. got hyped up when he talked about prodigies. So I want to hear. I want to hear what you have to say about that because he had the rock having oh, guys oh. that came that he inspired. Which we know, like a lot of, so, lot of people we know about, you already matched a couple of them. So I, I want to hear what you have to say mm-hmm. about that. I, I'm curious because so, I don't even so, know. Yeah, so, uh, so Dwayne uh, isn't the star maker that he's believed to be. So you talk about, oh, he's a star. Well, how does a star get there? How are stars operating out in space? How are stars independently? They're not. They couldn't be. They are built. Oh, are we doing Rihanna lyrics because she's back for the Super Bowl? <laughs> like a diamond? <laughs> All I'm talking about. I bet about you Rock invited to be on stage before Mick Foley, though. It'd be a long Super Bowl. 
He's gonna. Ain't gonna, gonna be no wrong word. We're gonna be there too. It's gonna be nothing but W's. What are you talking about? Steve, you were only a Birds fan this last year. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> moving on. Moving bird on. for saying that because everybody who knows me knows better than that, man. Don't don't expose yourself there. Because matter of fact, McKnight. you just keep talking. You just keep talking. I'll be right back since we got reclaiming. I being cool. Reclaiming. Oh man. Dang, yeah. is this 2004? Steve walked away the same way Dwayne did. I mean, <laughs> after 99, Rock walked away after 99. He was in the league for, what, three <clears throat> years? And he had to bounce out to do a bad Scorpion King movie. Then he did Walking Tall, which wasn't a good movie. That So he spent time elsewhere. So we're going to talk about legacy, longe- longevity, and inspiration. We're talking about greatness. So what we're going to go with is we have somebody who, like The Rock, when people think about The Rock, they go, oh, he was inspirational because he was popular, but what, what was that? I was uh, it was Mick Foley's career. I just threw it over in the corner. Keep going. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, don't throw away your shot. So what we got is again we got to walk away from Dwayne. Ninety nine went to go shoot a, a bad movie. Most of his movies are terrible. Let's let's be honest here for a quick moment. The Rock has had what twenty chances at films. He's had two good ones. I would rather watch Mick Foley's Chef Boyardee commercials than watch Black Adam ever again. <laughs> I'm real with you. That's because that's because you and Mick Foley would rather eat raviolis and, and then work out and make sure you're strong and you know be on point. Because according to your according to your both criteria, presentation and look matters. You're telling me your old dirty sock and some sparted in sweatpants is, is the look of a champion? I'm going to tell you something real quick. You want to talk about socks? Let's talk about getting a sock over for a moment. Okay? Mick Foley was so talented that he got this thing into arenas. People brought signs. You know what they say about The Rock? Oh, Rocky, Rocky, Rocky. You know what they say about mankind, about Cactus Jack, about Do Love? They say Foley is God. Okay? They don't say Rock is God. They say Foley is God. They recognize him on such a high level for not ever being. You know how many false religions are out there? That, that's not even impressive. You know how many false religions are out there? Come on, man. You're talking he's, about a, he's, a, he's a bad demigod at best. He's a bad demigod at best. Again, still, still better than Black Adam. So oh, you're talking about. Not on Instagram because. Wait, wait, wait. If you want to talk about God and you want to bring it to that level, where's his following? So you're talking about false religions, and then you bring up Instagram? Come on, man. You think Instagram is Yeah, crazy? you know why? Because guess what? Because if Holy has his, if Holy's church tied to him with his 10%, guess what? The Rock's 10% is more than his entire following. So you're talking what are about, talking about? What are we talking about here? You're talking about popularity again. What I'm talking about is, again— He's popular what, for a reason because he's better— I love that you skipped to 98, by the way, in your argument to present why The Rock was better. Because in between 96 and 98, guess who was running shit? Excuse me, for excuse me, kids, running the show with everyone. Foley. He ran it with Kane. I mean, wait, 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 wait. I got a question for you. Because he was running stuff. He was running stuff, right? How many how mm-hmm. many times did he even get a title shot, let alone win the WWF championship, Intercontinental Championship, any of these belts? When did he win those between those times? 95, 96, 97. Yeah, when any, did he win those belt. belts? 
any belt. No, I'm saying ignoring ten titles. What I'm this what you, the reason I brought up 1998 was to help you out. That's when Mick Foley started getting some of these title matches. What I'm saying is, if he's so much better than The Rock and he's had all these rivalries, he was fighting with ABK, he was fighting with undertaking all these people. How many title shots did he get? And how many championship victories did he have? Did he win so, an intercontinental belt? Did he win a heavyweight belt? Foley was never. The short answer is no, but you can dance around that. The short answer is no. I'm getting to you. So Foley was not chosen okay. to be the guy. He was not prepped, primed, and then booed out of arenas for not being the guy. He was loved, freaked people out. He was the only person who could come in against The Undertaker and be credible. It was the first time in Undertaker's career. Because you mentioned a Yokozuna as being the guy. Yokozuna was dying when he held the title. His limited moveset is kind of indicative of the rest of them. Headbutt, headbutt, hip check, leg drop. Samoan drop. So how come Foley couldn't beat him? How come Foley didn't get a time shot? How come Foley couldn't beat him? Because he wasn't projected to be the guy. Because there were bodies. There was a bias. You're talking about guys who were on steroids, right? Because do you remember that scandal? They had to start switching things up. They brought in a Foley because they knew that he would uh, develop and enhance everyone that he touched. And every single person. So why didn't he do it during that period? Who did did Foley enhance and why didn't he win the bell? Who did he enhance? Show him. Uh, Kane, Stone Cold, Undertaker. Are you serious? You can't be serious right now. You are, do you hear yourself? Take a timeout. What did you just drink? Are you serious? Oh, thanks for the reminder. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, I'm not. So, gonna, oh my goodness. Right, so you're, you're trying to tell me with a straight face that you are giving mankind credit. For putting over and, and enhancing Shawn Michaels, The Undertaker, and Kane. You're saying that with straight face. It's going to keep going. Please do, because I'm waiting to hear a name that he enhanced. Please do. I, I don't. I haven't heard one yet. Owen Hart. He gave Owen Hart the rub. Uh, Dynamite Kid, British Bulldogs. And that, wait, wait, so, wait, wait. Mankind gave Owen Hart. Wait a second. You're saying that. Mankind is the reason Owen Hart is a household name, not Bret Hart, who's actually bigger and better than him, not just the, the Hart family as a wrestling archive. It was Mankind. First off, you would name Owen Hart before you would name Mankind, McFoley, Cactus Jack, or Dude Love in a wrestling list of people that you remember growing up? And not for tragedies. No, but I'm because- no, 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 no. So you're missing a point here. I'm not going to name him above him. This is true. But you know who I will name above him? Big Brother Brett, because he's better. Absolutely. Yeah, but Brett tried to develop The Rock for his first year, and The Rock still failed. He could not get his character he, over. He was a bust. Yeah, he was a direct guy who a wanky. He was a bust. He was dead that, arrival. As, mu- as much as you think that helps, the, that, that hurts The Rock, it actually is a stronger point because he didn't need no. to be co-signed to be back off a superstar like Mankind did. He, he did it, it on his own no, and no, surpassed no. a lot of these people. Absolutely not. So when The Rock came back from his little knee boo-boo, which, by the way, let's talk about that for a moment. The Rock had a knee boo-boo and had to go away for a few months. You know who wrestled and did forever? Mick Foley. And you know what happened? When he came, when The Rock came back, he joined the Nation of Domination. So let's talk about that also. The Rock's catchphrases, his name. So Dwayne Johnson, uh, Flex Cavana. We're talking about... You ready for it? Where do you get the rock from? Don Morocco, right? Where do you get Jabroni from? The uh, the Shiki baby. 
the Iron Sheik. So he borrowed all these elements, came back and joined the Nation of Domination, which was already being run successfully by Farouk with uh, Mark Henry and D'Lo and those guys. So he had to come back and still get a rub. Dwayne Johnson was not hitting for it. When they turned on him, that's what he needed because he had to be built. They had to develop something and he had to take over. They turned on Farouk first so The Rock would be the head. But he had to take over something that was already established. So you come in with a family that ushered you in through the door. You leave because everybody wants you to die. And it not, not oh, we don't like your character or, oh, boo, you're a bad guy. But we hate you as a person. You are not what we're here for. We see what they're trying to spoon feed us. A legacy that runs through the family later on. You know who walked through that door? A star? <coughs> Immediately. People were freaked out. They were intrigued. They were fascinated. Foley could be anywhere on the card, steal the show, run it with an Al they, Snow. They, they weren't intrigued. They, they weren't that intrigued. Like you see, they were, he had a half a mask, which they thought was a leather belt going all around his face. And they're trying to see, is that a full mask? Is that a half a mask? Or is that just dirt on his face? They weren't as intrigued as you think. That mask was to hide his face because Vince didn't want the association with Cactus Jack yet. We couldn't figure that out. Oh, my goodness. You put on one leather mask that looks like a belt tied around your feet three ways, and you change the shirt. You act like he was super versatile. All he basically did was change his T-shirt and pretend to get girls when you're dude love. Say, I'm the hardcore uh, king with Cactus Jack and put on some little uh, cheetah boots. And then Mankind is just a deranged one with a mask. This is not this versatility you're making it out to be. And as much as you just want to talk about how the... To you, how old were you when that happened? It's probably been like the first wrestling memory you have. So I, I can't even say objective about this. Like at the end of the day, you can try to talk about how people didn't like the rock. He has the family as spoon fed. And one breath you're saying he has to be rubbed. He has all this things going for him. And another breath you're saying it took time to be developed. Which one is it? It sounds pretty confusing and it to me. Meanwhile, the guy who's supposedly better in making household names out of somebody, he wins no Royal Rumbles during this time. He's not getting any heavyweight title shots, let alone actually winning them. And all he is is just basically a hardcore punching bag that people can just try new moves on and then pin them and then he loses at the end of the match. Like, and then if you want to talk about, hey, The Rock had to take over a nation of domination, let's be clear on that. Mark Henry D. Low Farouk None of them were bigger stars than The Rock at their prime. Nobody put The Rock on their back and carried him. And in a lot of ways, D'Lo and especially Mark Henry benefited from being alongside The Rock because even when you absolutely hated The Rock, he was the guy you loved to hate. You were getting some of the loudest chants of crowds of all time with people just saying, Rocky sucks. And he was still able to recover and flip from that. So in a way, he has not the same underdog story as Mick Foley, but just because you're giving him everything, and let's be honest, the talent was always there. It was the script writers, and it was them going with stuff that they thought was going to be, you know, acceptable the same way it was in the 70s and 80s. And in the mid-90s, we are at a turning point, which everybody can agree. The Attitude Era was the turning point. And once they just let him beat him and come out with those catchphrases every week, it was classic. Interview after interview, promo after promo. Hell, The Rock is so great and so influential. One of his catchphrases, SmackDown, turned into a show. What are we talking about? Influence? McFoley has none of this. You're delusional. Uh, He's propelled The Rock, HBK, Kane, or The Undertaker. He didn't. SmackDown was a phrase before then. Also, The Rock's popularity in 99 peaked after 98. And the 97-98 year that we're going to get into is the most important time 
in Dwayne's life. So, and we're going to talk about turning tides as well, because that was your whole thing was, oh, the Attitude Era was the tide turn. I'm sure you know the night that I'm going to bring up that was the official change, the 83 weeks that WCW bragged about what happened that turned the tide. What singular event was it that transpired where things went sideways? It was Mick Foley's oh. side. Undertaker threw him off the side of the hell in a cell. He crashed through the, the, the top of the cell. You said no doors were open for Mick Foley. That was like the cell door was open for him, and so was the roof, and he was slammed through it. And at the end, we had a classic match. I already said on the Undertaker cast, to me, that's the GOAT match of wrestling. I don't even think that's debatable. And still, with the GOAT match, with the GOAT match of all time, he still wasn't able to even compare to The Rock at their peak. Everything you're saying that went right for The Rock, Went right for Mick Foley, and every time he dropped the ball and fumbled. And oh, by the way, what I brought up to you, I didn't throw it away. This is a football I have. This is Randall Cunningham's signature, right? And I'll show you the picture I have at, at Veteran Stadium when I got that sign because it, it might have been the year before you were born. Because some of the stuff you're talking about with wrestling, like I don't know, like maybe you just researched it and now you think it matters more than it did. But truth be told, is Foley is a legend. We know this, but he he belongs nowhere near goat conversations. And to think he's even – forget about being better than The Rock because that's clearly not the case. To think he's even The Rock's equal in any way from the metrics you brought up because you said you took notes. I took some notes too what you were talking beginning because I like what you were saying. Individual success, he doesn't measure up to The Rock. Team success, he doesn't measure up to The Rock. And if you want to give him team success on, hey, he's had a bunch of tag team champions, all you got to do is look at some of the people that The Rock were uh, uh, tethered to for his tag team championship runs. And Mick Foley, and you can see easily the legend status waivers the rock. And it wasn't to boost him up because at that point, everybody was a superstar he was tagged with, except some of the people may have benefited a little bit more. But at the end of the day, everybody benefited because the fans got an awesome product that he was a part of creating. And again, the criteria that you brought up, show me where, hey, has Mick Foley had better success no as he had does he have better statistics and stuff no like there's something that the WWE, whatever you want to call it they have this thing called the slammy awards and it's called slammy because of the spinoff of the grammys where they award people for different categories oh he's got one he's got one ever the rock's got mine like even when mm -hmm. you 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 narrow it down to these sub genres and these nuances of the sport and the entertainment aspect even when you make it specified to just those things He's still very custom mustard. Yes, he he's a you know you're not he's not your garden variety wrestler where anybody can do what he do. I'm not disrespecting him because everybody can't. But the problem is his role, his legacy, some of the things he implemented, they have not stood the test of time. And that was the main thing you could have lived on. If he would have had this legacy that was just outstanding, we could we could talk about hey how many uh, other uh, companies has he built up. Who are the young superstars that piggyback off of a lane or direct proteges? Yeah, you're talking about stuff he does behind the scenes, but at the end of the day, it's done behind the scenes. Why? So it can be brought to the forefront. If we're talking about The Rocks, obviously, like I said, John Cena benefited, Rikishi benefited, no. the Usos no. benefited, Roman Reigns benefited. What are we talking no. about? You're on screen. That's no. behind the scenes. Come on, that's behind the scenes. That's family right there. That's Famichi. That's these fucking Goombas out here. I'm sorry, these flipping Goombas out here 
just doing nonsense. Gotta, because they, and actually, even his blood family, there was a marriage and a friendship that connects these people, but they all get encapsulated. So The Rock benefited from a marriage friendship into the family that actually the Usos and Roman Reigns belong into because they're not blood related. And I want to make sure that I clarify that blood does not make you family. You choose your family. That's a that's a non-political, not argumentative statement right here. I want to do that as a personal statement, as like my own beliefs. So the rock that's was chosen. Fine. That's all fine and, and well. But you have but you're saying that these people benefited from the rock. They didn't. Remember when uh, Roman Reigns won wow. in Philly? Philly booed him. And The Rock came out and he was like, yeah, this is the new guy. And The Rock got booed by Philadelphia, which is a wrestling city. Rock's Philly in Bethlehem. everybody, bro. That's, that's actually the worst example you can bring. I went to an N1 game in 2003 or four, and they had a, a, a halftime rap battle concert. And both of the people got booed. And they said, how do we judge how we boo this? Who got the least amount of boo? Philly boos everybody. We beat up Santa Claus and stuff. That doesn't <laughs> speak against The Rock's greatness. That just speaks to what Philly is. And you would know that, but I guess you weren't Eagles fans back in the day because you criticized me saying I wasn't. We know that. Bobby knows that. PJ knows that. I know that. The yeah. world knows that. You're the only one that doesn't know it. Just like you're the only one that doesn't know it. Oh, he's not the gold. Uh, I'm going to get real close and uh, make sure that people know this is an intimate moment. I'm sorry that you were so upset about that throwaway Eagles line. I just wanted to get you uh, for a moment. <laughs> so that being said, Philly doesn't boo. Philly boo Santa Claus. You know what Santa Claus they don't boo? Foley claws, <laughs> old Saint. Because he Nick. got his sock in it. It's because he put this his sock in their mouth. They can't boom because they tried. You mean to tell me that Philly is muted by a sock, a singular sock? <laughs> uh, no, I'm just saying that we can't we can't hear it because he's got a damn sock in their mouth. They're still booing. Trust me. Hold on, for my audience right here for the Stoop Life in Philadelphia, PA. Bang bang, cheap pop. Let's talk about it for a moment because he can get that over. You think that Philly wouldn't boo him if they didn't like him? Foley was loved, beloved in all faces and facets, even when he was the commissioner. Uh, by the way, let's talk about longevity because we want to pretend like The Rock's been around. The Rock, you're a fan. You know, you're talking about, uh, you know, 2003, 2004. Wow, Dwayne was out here putting down, you know, putting the, the rundown out. That wasn't a good movie. Be Cool wasn't a good movie. So I don't want to hear about all this nonsense. Uh, and so I, I don't want to get too far ahead because I feel like we're skipping over this 98 feud. And we got to talk about, again, Granite versus Mount Rushmore. We're talking about what builds, what gets you there, what sustains you, and what is painted on top. 98. Foley and The Rock begin their feud. A couple of matches here and there. Then, you know, the summer – first off, that – I'm sorry, that uh, – that uh, Survivor Series nonsense, that entire tournament was awful. Interferences on every side, this, you know, weird theatrical buildup. Oh, it's, it, we're building against The Rock because Foley was his stooge, was Vince McMahon's stooge. And then you get the swerve, swerve. You get the swerve, swerve at the end where it was, oh, The Rock was always our guy. And he does the corporate elbow the corp uh, we'll talk about finishes too at some point uh is the corporate uh uh the what was it the corporate bottom that's a little sus no it wasn't the corporate weird. bottom it was just mcfoley was at the bottom of the corporate totem pole which is why he never won championships no, no no the corporate bottom was the rock when he went to the corporation and changed his finishers to the corporate blank no i know what it is i'm so, just playing on words so. 
Oh, that's cool. So, but I want I to talk, you mentioned the tide turn and that tide turn happened on a little episode called Raw, TV's longest running episodic of all time. And it's fantastic. Love it. Been watching it since you were in diapers. Uh, and what I remember on that day is my homies who were like, oh, Goldberg's the best. You know what they did when it was announced that, hey, Mick Foley's about to win the title tonight because it was a pre-taping. Pre-taping? WCW, a pre-taped episode of Raw, Foley was going to win the title. We know what happened. The corporation was out. DX was out. And uh, Foley had just beaten Triple H for a shot um, for the title. Or, I'm sorry, lost at a, at a shot for the Rumble. Sorry. Everything's building. Uh, but that being said, it was the rock with the corporation, uh, DX is out there to defend Foley. Corporation is out there with the rock, Vinnie Mac, Shane O'Mac, uh, Kane for some reason. Uh, everybody was out there. Shamrock slides in, no DQ, cracks Foley with the chair. A brawl ensues. Everything goes sideways. Foley was about to win on his own. In kayfabe, in storyline. Glass shatters. And we know what happens when the glass shatters. We know what time it is. Stone Cold comes down, levels the playing field, because it was already in a you know high-level crowd. The crowd was into it. Stone Cold evens it out, cracks the rock with the chair, so that way it's an even one-to-one with chair shots. Foley catches that pin and... Since you know you said I'm, I, you know, I might not be from that era. I want to remind you of something that happened that night. <laughs> Mrs. Foley's baby boy does it <laughs> right. He holds it. You hear that? That's real. Yeah, you tapped it three times, and that's exactly how many times he won. Three times, and then he never saw it again. But he guess never what? Saw it again. All, all in all, in the span of one year, and then he was never to be heard from again. Ever. But when he won this, when he won this, everybody left WCW. It flatlined. They knew because what was about to happen. Yes, the announcers on the show said, "If you want to watch, here's a spoiler: Mick Foley's about to win the title." Because they were trying to spoil the pre-taping. What they didn't know was that everybody would leave because they wanted to see Mrs. Foley's baby boy win this title. You want to tell me that Survivor Series did those numbers? They didn't. I'm gonna tell you what the, the, the real. I'm gonna tell you what really happened. The reason why they left is because we read about this in biblical times. It sounds like God is about to come back. So the end of the days are here. Foley finally wins the belt. Let's go see if this is real. Because if it is, the world might be over. If that was the end time, guess what? I know they. Made, I know they made pay per views card Armageddon. And I think people were worried about the real Armageddon happening because hell is freezing over. And oh my goodness, Mick Foley is about to be the champion after spending. What? According to you, a decade and a half carrying stars and stuff, but the, he just didn't get the, the lucky breaks that everybody else gets, right? When their, their family is wrestling, you know, golden t- um, children, right? You just get a title shot randomly on a pre-recorded tape, and that's... You, you're basically equivalent... You're basically making the equivalent that a, a leaked mixtape is the reason why WCW reign stopped. And Mick Foley is the draw, and everybody got to stop what they're doing. We got to figure out why Mick Foley's the champion, or is he really the champion? Bro, you're, you're, that's, a, that's, a, that's a Mr. Fantastic. Page. You're that's, a reach. That's a, fan, 
That's a factual. Uh, Mr. Fantastic is one of the smartest men in the world of all time. Just saying. So if it is a Mr. Fantastic, your boy is. No, he's one of the people that can stretch his arm ten feet across the room because it's a big reach. They they were not not tuning in. Because here's some stats. If you want to go off the stats, the most and I brought this up in the Undertaker debate. The oh, most watched wrestling match in Raw's history. The most watched segment was Stone Cold and the Undertaker. That for that very championship belt, that was what the most watched thing was. Now, Foley's had all these rivalries and stuff. How come he wasn't a part of that segment? Since what you're referring to is him being on top is the driver in popularity and spoiling storylines and all that stuff. He's nowhere near that stratosphere. Not even I'll give close. you a moment. I'll give you a moment. We'll go look at the statistics. Those 83 weeks that Eric Bischoff's podcast is built on, that his books are built on, that his entire brand is built on, those 83 weeks ended when a dude who puts a sock on his hand pinned Dwayne Johnson with a T-shirt on because he was on steroids at the time and had the titties out. I'm sorry, uh, man boobs. Uh, (laughs) When he pinned him for the title. You know who didn't have steroid issues? Just saying. The non-athlete. That's <laughs> I mean, see, it, if you would have read if you would have read that book right there, the Rock says because he he then said that he already admitted to his steroid use and different things, and that was pre wrestling. That was when he was honestly it started back in college when he was at Florida. You know, he he was with Warren Sapp at the time at Miami. Maybe you've heard yeah, that. Behind Warren, maybe behind you've heard Warren, of Warren Sapp, Sapp stuff like that. Yeah, he was behind, behind Warren Sapp. Sapp. You know why? Just like Mick Foley. Listen, he was behind Warren Sapp. That's the only person you could say was in his way. We can say Undertaker, Stone Cold, Rock, Kane, Hulk Hogan, Sting, Goldberg, Booker T. Like, the list goes on and on about the people that were in Foley's way. Like, what are we talking about? Not even not, not even close. They weren't wow. in his way. They are built Bro, on him. You brought, I mean, you, you, brought, you, you, brought, you brought the championship belt up and, and, and just talked about all these stats about how this was so interesting and how it all this stuff ended the run. Why wasn't he built for the main events then? If if he had this great momentum you're talking about, where is those pay-per-view matches that he's headlining? How come he's never headlined the WrestleMania? We all know WrestleMania is the Super Bowl of wrestling. He has never been a headline. He talked about that was his dream. You know the closest he got to being a headline of that? It's been WrestleMania 15 in Philly. I was supposed to be there, and I wasn't. That was a long story, but that was a while ago. But... The only way he was in WrestleMania's main event to have any part was to be a special guest referee for the Rock and Stone Cold. So again, all he does is be the shadow to the bigger stars. Like, I guess you, I don't want to say like, because don't get me wrong, I want to be I want to come up like I'm being disrespectful. Foley is a star. He's Hall of Fame. He's great. But let's be honest, he is always the star that's in the bigger star shadow because he just could. They couldn't quite get him over. You talk about. All the failed attempt with the rocks. Guess what? Eventually, it wasn't a failed attempt, and he did get over it. And he did reach that success, and he was there. He, you're welcome. He, he was just. You're welcome. What do you mean? Welcome. It's built the rock. The rock had to come back. Let's talk about the I Quit match, the ladder match, the first ever last man standing matches. You want to talk about what built the rock? It was '98, and the rock violated what made him a. Wait, wait. The ladder match wasn't with him. The la- wait, wait. The ladder match was with Triple H. Who's another superstar? And at that time, Triple H wasn't even an A-lister that he was. So The Rock and Triple H actually mutually benefited off of that match because both of them were on the cusp. Listen, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, So The Rock, Rock and Mick Foley 
Their final match, after having two failed finishes, had to go into a ladder match. Paul White came out, chokeslammed Mick Foley, The Rock grabbed the title from the ladder match because the I Quit match had a screwy finish because the last man standing match, neither one could get up. The I Quit match was nonsense because they had a pre-recording of it, which Foley took 11 chair shots to the head. They agreed upon four, and The Rock went too far. Talk about ending a career early. And by the way, The Rock... Hold on, hold up. The Rock benefited because Foley was going to retire after King of the Ring. He thought it was over, but he was so beloved. And the same thing that uh, the same thing that uh, Roddy Piper said when he was going up against Y2J, and he said, "As long as they cheer, I will crawl down here to the ring and give you my last breath for these people." That's what Foley did. He was supposed to be done. He wanted one more hurrah. It was going to be out, but he was so beloved. He was so heralded by the people. So you want to tell me after King of the Ring, who The Rock have built himself on? Because he didn't have it. What he had was Mick Foley. Mick Foley gave himself to The Rock for a year and a half. Took abuses that he shouldn't have. Went too far. The Rock went way too far and didn't apologize till years later. Which is also another theme of The Rock. Like, for example, The Rock wasn't black until like 2007 or something like that. He finally told people like, oh, yeah, yeah, my, my dad's black. And the you know, family's Hawaiian. And, yeah, and that's what it is. But, you know, before. Who didn't know that? Though? Anybody. Oh, not that. the promoter. The promotion never pitched it. So he got heralded as this champion, but he was Samoan the entire time. Wait, wait. So, legacy. All right. All right. I'll, give you, I'll, give you, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a pass because maybe you might have mixed up the time frame of what I'm talking about because they were always in here of each other. What I'm talking about is SummerSlam 1998, Triple H versus The Rock Intercontinental title. SummerSlam is one of their big four talking, pay-per-view I'm talking, here. I'm talking this title, not IC title. This ladder match. Right, but when, this, no, I understand that, but you're, you're missing my point, though. Because 98 came before 99, and my whole point is this. At the end of the day, Triple H and The Rock were both on the cusp. They weren't at that A list, but they were at that B plus, um, getting ready to cross over to that headline main event superstar status. So everybody knows, at least I don't say everybody, most of the people that are familiar with the wrestling business know that what they do before they, uh, put you in that maintenance status, you become the heavyweight champ, so on and so forth. There's always a bridge, and normally the bridge is the intercontinental belt because that's the second highest regard. So they put you maybe the, the match before the main event, guys, and they put you with other guys that are on that cusp. And what I'm saying is Triple H and The Rock together helped boost each other up with that ladder match because Triple H was in DX at the time, and he had fully taken over because HBK was injured, right? And then The Rock was in Nation of Domination, which is a whole other thing. How would you be confused about The Rock being black? He was in a nation of domination. So you're saying that he had to be piggybacked with other stars who were clearly and unapologetically black. And that's what the whole theme of the nation of domination was piggybacked off of, like, Black Panthers and stuff like that. So how would nobody know he was black until 2007 when this happened pretty much a decade beforehand? Then you're kind of mixing up the time frames and stuff. Like, I understand you're trying to make your point. Like I said, I'll give you the benefit. Maybe you got my dates mixed up on what I was referring to. But what you're saying is, again, just factually incorrect because everybody knows in the WWF, at least, the biggest rivalry of that year was pretty much Taker and Kane because that was the whole reveal that he had the secret brother. And then are they together? Are they fighting each other or not? And then they team up. And then it was Taker Stone Cold because Stone Cold had risen to that super, the actual superstar status you're referring that you think McFoley uh, was in. 
And then he started, uh, you know, battling the paper. They had their multiple championship runs. And the whole reason the Survivor Series tournament happened is because the belt was vacant. Stone Cold was the champion. Mm-hmm. He was in a glorified handicap match with Taker and um, Kane where they couldn't pin each other. They double choke slam him, and Vince doesn't get either one on the belt. So then it's vacant, and then the tournament happens. So, again, if there's all of these uh, Mick Foley to the rescue moments you're talking about, he would have easily been carrying the Attitude Era from that point in time, and he wasn't. So what you're saying is just factually incorrect. And even, well, I'll even give you the benefit of the doubt and say, okay, maybe he put The Rock over. He didn't, but we'll just say we know that. How does he put The Rock over, but then The Rock usurps him and becomes bigger than he ever was while he just uh, stands by the wayside? That makes absolutely no sense. Your mistake is believing that he stood by the wayside. So you're he wasn't at the of, top, bro. If he's not, if he's not a heavyweight champion, if he's not the guy main lighting uh, uh, as the main mm-hmm. event for the pay per views, he's not. That's second tier. Now two is very close to one. It's the closest thing to one, but it's not two. And let's be honest, he wasn't even number two. He was on shelf two. If we're being clear, you're not understanding what I'm saying. I don't think you're accepting the fact that being on the top doesn't make you better. So, for example, a LeBron James versus a Steph Curry. Who's won more recently? Does it make him better? What have you done for me lately versus what have you done? I'm going to tell you why it's a terrible comparison. The reason why what you just said was a terrible comparison is for twofold. No, no, no. It's twofold. And it's a bad analogy. And here's why. One, if somebody won more recently and they're doing something to catch up, that means the other person already accomplished more. The reason why that's a bad comparison is because, yes, Steph might have won last year, but guess what? He's got one finals MVP, and that last year's first finals MVP is the first one he has. LeBron has four. He's got two regular season MVPs. LeBron's got four, and just a strong argument. He was robbed for at least another two or three. And on top of that, if you're looking at the comparisons of the teammates and the stuff that he had, like, at the end of the day, that's just, like, it's, it's a silly argument to even make because it, it doesn't directly parallel to a Mick Foley comparison. And even if it did, Foley would have to accomplish more. So the, the truth of the matter is Foley's been in the business longer, and you can, you know, try to slice an action if you want. He's been in the, in, in the game longer and accomplished less. You can't be better doing something longer and accomplishing less and doing it at a level. Like the, If you want to make this basketball comparison – the Rock pretty much, hey, he had a dominant run, albeit not the longest of 10 years, but he got them championship rings. He put up the numbers. He's the finals MVP. He's the guy making it happen. Foley is the guy who, you know, he's on a good team. He contributes. He's like a Dennis Rodman, if you want to be technical. Like, yeah, you may be arguably the greatest rebounder ever and one of the great best defenders, and you compliment Michael Jordan, but you still need Michael and Scotty to help you along to, to get over you know what I'm saying? You're not really the superstar. You're another star amongst many, and the bigger star shine greater. That's just a fact. So he's the quintessential granite. He's the foundation. So you're saying that there's somebody else who gets the recognition, they get the attention, they're the face. They need him, right? No. Uh, LeBron. What I'm saying, listen, every every championship team has a guy who was almost cut and the 12th man on the bench or the, the guy who barely makes a 53-man roster in football. Are you a champion? Yes. Do you help drive them and push them in practice? Yes. It's not about recognition for namesake. I'm talking about for results sake. That's what you're failing to realize. Like, at the end of the day, the results that you're trying to attribute to Mick Foley aren't there. What Foley did was what Steph Curry did. He saved the league. 
Neither one of those statements are true. So explain explain this bad point. Because neither one of those things are true. So you have LeBron James who cries and whines and he gets boo-boos and he can't play because he's got a hangnail. What you have is a, a mega star at this point who's developed, who was chosen, who was heralded from the onset. Foley came in as somebody who shouldn't have been ever. Now we can do it from pre or post. I just chose Curry because it was an easy reference and I can talk about why uh, uh, LeBron James is a bum. But when Seth Curry won his first title, it was more important than LeBron's first title. The back and forth of it, come on. Come on. Bro, these are, you're making some of the worst correlations and the worst people I've ever heard in my sports life. I'm trying to solve I know Mick Foley, has, I, Mick Foley has a bad ear. Do you have a bad ear and you just kind of halfway hear these beat writer stories and stuff and you just run with it? Because these are some of the most trash comparisons and analogies I've ever heard of, bro. What? Listen, in my closing argument, you're you going to feel all of it. I need you to I need you to big up the rock one more time with the LeBron argument. That way I can shut it down uh, later. So keep pushing because I, 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 I need to, I need to, I need to feel something because at the end of the day, like here's the thing. I'm gonna just I'm gonna just ask you one simple question. I don't need a long explanation. I need a yes or a no. Mm. Is Steph well, Curry unfair. better is, is, is Steph Curry a better basketball player than LeBron James? That's a diff uh, there's no yes or no answer for that. For their careers, who is the better player? Is Le- yeah, a for their careers, it's the totality of their careers, everything they accomplished, LeBron, apparently according to you, being soft and missing games and crying all this stuff, is Stephen Curry a better basketball player than LeBron James for his career, yes or no? I just need a simple one-word answer. You can't ask a question that doesn't have a yes or no answer. Because you think that if you say yes or no, that, that makes it the yes or no answer. The reason why there's a debate is there has to be conversation regarding it. And we can run that back later. So, all right. So, okay. Is he even so as good? Is he as good or is he as, as important? So, Seth what Curry's revolution, he, right? he has developed a new league. He has changed the way things are. He's fundamentally shifted everything we've known before. And what comes after is built on Steph Curry. Steph Curry with the Warriors specifically. And the difference is, I think we're arguing points, is for me, Mick Foley is fundamentally essential in The Rock, in Stone Cold, in HBK, in Undertaker, in Kane, in WWE, WWF at the time, in Al Snow, in Hardcore Wrestling, in Japan, in TNA, in NWA, in Smoky Mountain Wrestling with Jim Crockett Promotions, uh, in IWA, in uh, a, a host, I mean, uh, uh, several other, ROH. Mick Foley is quintessential, team-oriented, and developed greatness on his back in so many places. He has revolutionized wrestling as a whole, but if we're only going WWF because it's unfair to compare the Rock to places he could never have gone. The Rock could never do it. Why would he go to Why would he go to ECW when he has a direct path to WWF and he's in a, he's a superstar? Why would he do that? That doesn't make any sense. He couldn't. I'll he give you this credit though. You couldn't hang what in the gymnasium where they're doing the elbow drop from the bleachers to the three point line. What are you talking about? 
He couldn't hang in Japan. His character doesn't translate. The hundreds and hundreds of fans in the arenas, right? Instead of the millions and millions watching Japan? Japan's $5 pay-per-view and showing up to arenas mm-hmm. for uh, sold-out events. Are you kidding me? You think I'll in Japan there are hundreds of people? Turn on Japan. to NGP. Yeah. Come on. You want to tell me that Japan doesn't pack it out is. arenas, stadiums? No, I'm telling, you the most, I'm telling you people outside of Japan, for the most part, don't care. That's what you're missing. A global reach is and we travel oh. to that place and we have a local influence or we, we spread ourselves thin. What I'm saying is at the end of the day, yes, there's amazing basketball players that never made it to the NBA that could be better potentially than some of the players in the NBA. So, for example, I'm going to ask you this. Do you know who Joe Hammond is? No. You know why you don't know who Joe Hammond is? I do. He's a legendary person that used to go in the 70s to Rucker Park, and he you know, he, he had all the money and stuff. He had all the women, the fame, the famous, uh, the flashy cars and stuff. But you know why you don't know who Joe Hammond is? It's because unless you're deep into the history of basketball, you don't know the guys who could have made it to the league but didn't. He was one of the best. I've seen him. I'm talking about late into his life. He's in his 70s, halfway strung out on drugs. This dude was making 10 straight free throws all water. But the reason most people don't know who he is is because he chose the street life over the pursuit of greatness in the league. So at the end of the day, I'm not undermining these other places. All I'm saying is this. If they're as great as you say they are, if he has this legacy that you claim he has, he's going, everything all rises to the top. They're going to make it to the level. It's not because nobody's blackballing them. It's not because it's in some third world country or whatever. The greatness can't be denied. Except in the case of you denying the rock greatness, but at the end of the Once day, again, you have a singular argument. It's that the Rock was great on WWF, WWE. We're not talking about the fact that the Rock never performed Japan in their style. We're not talking about the fact that Mick Foley went over and did a Munich, Germany stiff match. We're not talking about that Mick Foley could go and wrestle, you know, in, in the Mexican tradition. We're not talking about that Mick Foley. So you'll say the Rock's a star across the world. What you won't say is that Mick Foley earned the respect. He went to people, met them at their level, and elevated them. And everywhere he went, Smoky Mountain Wrestling was still pushing when WWE, WWF at the time, bought out a bunch of the territories. There were strongholds. So I, where the Rock I understand all of what you're saying. So here, here's the question I have so he did all of these great works and you have multiple wrestling publications and all these different things. Why was he never um, awarded these awards? He was never wrestler of the year. He was never best gimmick of the year. Most of what he did, like they, like I'm, I think what you're failing to realize is it's not the argument that I'm making. It's a singular argument. I've taken some of the criteria you brought up and I'm using mm-hmm. my common sense and I'm using what I witnessed at the time. And I'm saying to you, if we go off of the numbers, that doesn't measure up. If we go off of championships, that doesn't measure up. If we go off of publications whose job it is is to know this industry in and out, top to bottom, nobody's giving Mick Foley the credit that you are. And I, I'm like, I know you're very smart. I don't think you figured out something about Mick Foley that literally nobody in the industry has ever figured out. I think that you are discrediting his championship wins because you only identify with the WWF, WWE as like the mainstay. The WWE isn't as big I in Kurt Warner was a, a, a Euro League champion and CFL and stuff. And so he got the Super Bowl championship with the ring in the NFL with the Rams. His greatness wasn't um, accepted and appreciated to that level. But they're like, yes, you're doing it over audience. there. When we put you with the best while they're at their peak, do you compete mm-hmm. at that top level? 
Do you? So what you said is it, what you said is because you've seen it. That's why it's important. But I've seen his greatness oh. elsewhere. <laughs> I've seen his Wrong again. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying you is, do you care about his Euroleague win? Do you care? You said it wasn't until you Nobody cares. But people like me who know the history, who run down and find these people, who love them from before they, they, they I, were. I just, listen, I just proved to you that you don't care as much as you say. And I'm not saying you have to know every statistic, but I actually mm-hmm. know who Joe Hammond was. And most people who do a surface level of, of history of basketball know who he was. Mm-hmm. He was a legend in his time. But because he didn't make it to the NBA, that's why casuals and that's why people like you didn't know. So you, your point has already been exposed. I just used another so, comparison to prove that point. You didn't know who Joe so, Hammond was because he wasn't in the NBA. He wasn't in the ABA. He wasn't in none of these leagues. He showed up to Rucker Park. And some people would say he was better than Dr. J in 1975. But you know what? Dr. J in 1975 was the reason for the NBA-ABA merger because he was out there balling in the Afro. That's what I'm saying. That's the point you continually keep missing. I don't know how you keep missing it. So, so we're going to just name someone and anyone. Do you know who Tamara Fitch is? Who? Tamara Fitch. Do you know who that is? Who? I mean, what game? Exactly. Are we going to start playing the game of do you know who I know? If we're going to play on, we should have done this on Christmas. If we're going to do the do you know who I know? I know everybody knows The Rock. I know everybody knows Foley. And I know nobody but you in my entire life has ranked him above The Rock. Nobody, not a single person ever. So your argument was just proving to me because I didn't know who John Hammond was, but because I didn't know Tamara Fitch, or I don't know Steel, or you don't know Steel City. You're, 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 you're trying to lock into a specific point. And you're missing the bottom line, so I have to simplify for you. Make the leave the names out because you seem to be getting more and more confused when we talk about this. What? At the end of the day, if you don't reach the top of your field, you are not going to be as recognized as other people that have reached the top of your field. You're telling us about Mick going to places that are not the top of the business and saying how his star shined bright and then he rose everybody else up. So what I'm saying is twofold. One, if he was as big as what you said, he would have been able to raise these places up bigger or there would be some type of star name, some protege or somebody who would rise to the top. He's done neither. These star names haven't risen to the top. Off of the legacy you said he built, and he hasn't Absolutely. built up these other establishments to compete at that top level. How is this hard to understand? Absolutely. I mean, first off, again, fused with Stone Cold that were super important. Came after fully built everybody else up. HBK. So let me ask you a question. Randy Orton. Can I ask you a question? Ed, Wyatt inspired by him. Undertaker elevated by him because the Undertaker was unstoppable. He couldn't have a match. Psycho Sid wasn't worthy. Yokozuna wasn't worthy. Jimmy Snuka wasn't worthy. But when Foley walked in and disrupted all of his sugar honey iced tea, when he had that little Pardukey when he was a tag team champion with Stone Cold and also beat the Undertaker, when he was the man, because he was even before he held this, he elevated everybody else by being in the room. Homeboy was dedicated as being from the boiler room. He would actually, in character, spend time in boiler rooms, under the ring, in basements, just to develop the personality. He was so deep, he had to be pulled out. And you know what came out of that basement? You know what, you know what came from all that work and dedication and character? You know what came out of that? Yes, the tooth fairy. And I don't hold that against Mick Foley. No, it's his not. fault. That's, that's, that's what came out of it. Something that's not even real. It actually has no personality. A sock. That's what came out of it. Wait, wait, wait. The only thing that wait, rose to the top 
And even that is not even a real person. What do we think that's a hit? I'm not five. You think that's a hit? But did we not have Mr. Rocco? Did Dwayne Johnson not have Mr. Rocco? Come on, son. Bro, he, he, he surpassed that to the point that this is, it, yeah, The Rock was so good with his with his presentation, with his catchphrase and everything he did, that everything he touched afterwards, the people before him weren't even compared. It's kind of like, I put it to you like this. If somebody in hip-hop takes a sample of, say, like a jazz song, and they make a classic record, and that record is bigger than the original one, People are going to know, yes, this man came from somebody else. This was a sample. But the better record and the better song prevails. Just like the better catchphrase, be. the better wrestler, Couldn't the be. better legacy prevails. Couldn't be. Couldn't be. And I'm going to tell you this in two fa- in twofold. One, you're talking about distribution is way different. You didn't have to buy records anymore. You can stream it on YouTube. And for some reason, that counts. What you have is Mick Foley, who, when he was overseas, blew out stadiums, set the world on fire. But you know what he didn't have the time? Distribution. Dewey Johnson came out after the Sony uh, 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 home camera. But guess who didn't set the world on fire before then? Homeboy had a camera in his backyard. Got world notoriety. Dwayne Johnson was brought yeah, I mean, in. America's funniest home videos going wrong. Yeah, I know. I mean, in terms of funniest home videos, wrestling with a shirt on because you got man titties because you're coming off of steroid uses. <laughs> Actually, if we're going to talk about funny, The Rock isn't even the best in his movies, and I don't like Kevin Hart. So we're going to talk about funniest home videos. These should be straight-to-DVD productions. They are so bad, critically reviled. But because oh, The Rock... So, uh, I'm, I'm going to ask you something. Let me ask you something. Let me ask you something. Did, 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 the Rock do a good, did, did, did The Rock do a good job in the previous movie? No. Those are bad movies. Oh, family. Yeah, we got family. I see PJ laughing, and you should be laughing, because we all know that was ridiculous. The Rock and Blue, that Fast 7, that was, he did a great job, and that was a great movie. Those are so, not good you're movies. On this, you're on this island that's about to get hit with a tsunami because you're coming with bias. What are you talking about? And here's the thing. Okay, we'll go with your argument. Say, Rock did a bad job. Why didn't they call Mick Foley? They did. He was the host of Robot Wars. The Rock is, wait, wait. The, the, the Rock is so terrible. Mick Foley is such a, a better person and better at everything he does. And he touches it and it turns gold. Why is he never hit up? They keep hitting the Rock line. He was. He was the uh, voice of the boulder in the Avatar, Last Airbender. The boulder. Come on, son. <laughs> Next. Next. You have to put him as a voice, a voice actor? Yeah, because we can't put him on camera because after 20 years, nobody wants to see that old stinking sock with a bad artwork on it that is played out. Uh, he, was on on he was on Boy Meets huh? World. Next point. He was on Boy Meets World. Next point. Oh, wow. We're, we're trying to depend on nostalgia and bring old stuff back, so we're going to bring somebody that's even older than the thing we're bringing back. It still isn't a major box office draw the way anything else is, right? I mean, guys, I I like where this is going here, but we got to get to your closing arguments here. So, Stevie, we're going to let you hit it first. You know the deal. And then, uh, Jay, hit it back up. Let's close it off. All right, cool. We'll close it out. So, listen, everybody, the truth is already established before we had this debate tonight. It's not a real debate. We decided to turn it into a debate. So they had the opportunity to showcase his favorite wrestler ever, a tough, a tough SOB, a great wrestler, a legend, but nothing close, definitely nothing above The Rock. He is great in his own right. 
he is a legend, but it just doesn't compare. Like I said, if you want to talk championships, Foley's got three in the WWE that came in one year. The Rock has eight. And guess what? That was just with the WWF championship. When they merged with WCW, guess what? He won that belt two more times, too. So he's had a total of six championship runs, while Foley has three title uh, victories total, and two were on tape delay. And most of the rivalry was piggybacked off the Rock. He didn't see that level of success before or since then. When we want to talk about something that I didn't want to bring up until the end, guess what? The Rock is one of six prestigious wrestlers to ever have a triple crown. What does that mean? It means that you have won at least three singles titles within a career. And the only other names that have done that, let me check. Is Mick Foley on the list? No, he's not there. I see other guys like uh, Pedro Morales. He was a legend in his time. WWF Hall of Famer from the 70s. Bret Hart, APK, Nash, Stone Cold. That's it. I see, has Mick Foley ever won um, a Royal Rumble? Not that I recall. He, he wasn't going to be selected to headline WrestleMania. Has he ever won match of the year? Oh, yeah, he's won it twice. So has The Rock. What's the difference? He lost both of his matches. The Rock won both of his matches, including one against Mick Foley. Has he ever won Wrestler of the Year like The Rock did in 2000? No. Has he ever been, I don't know, the most charismatic, best gimmick, best interviews, most improved, biggest box office draw. He's accomplished none of these things, and this is from other peers and professionals that do analysis of wrestling. Mick is great. He's a legend. Nobody has able to uh, stay in the lane that he's created. Nobody has piggybacked. I know Jay likes to think this, but I'm sorry. Newsflash, HBK, Undertaker, Kane, they were superstars without Mick Foley. And let's be honest, all of them surpassed him. So what do we really talk about here? The Rock has everything he has the look he has the entrance music he's definitely better in ring he's more successful out of the ring and the legacy that he's created even by having one of the most prestigious wrestling families he's at the top of that mountain he's not somewhere in the dirt like Mick Foley the floor is yours okay Uh, I uh wanted to put the title down in the same way that The Rock dropped his career for seven years and then two years, and then six years. Um, Of The Rock's what would be 23-year career, he spent 13 of those years not wrestling. Mick Foley had a 40-year career, including on-screen and active uh, uh, combat or physicality. 29 years of physicality, 40 years on screen and or backstage. Uh, The effect outside the sport is obvious. Dwayne Johnson has, I'm sorry, The Rock has the, Dwayne Johnson Rock Foundation. Check your ego at the door. Why would you name it after yourself? Mick Foley works with kids with cancer, kids with autism. He protects women uh, through the rape uh, or through the Rain Foundation. Uh, so just make a wish. And, you know, the Rock does as well. Foley uh, is part of the uh, Child Fund internationally. He went to Africa, saw what they did there, and then decided that he could not allow it to happen anymore. Um, as for Rain, he's a big fan of Tori Amos, as I think we all should be. Um, and that rape, abuse, and incest National Network survivor group is remarkable to affect people in that way. Bestseller independently writing your book and then to write several books after, fantastic. His impact is still heard because Edge, Randy Orton, uh, and Evolution as a whole benefited from him 
coming back for one more run. He gave everything he had left, and he had already given everything he had every year prior. So you have one who, as you said earlier, Mick Foley won't die. You can call it blasphemous, but to say Foley is God is remarkable because that guy gave everything he could and still gives his personality on and off screen. Each one of his iterations of his character have been flawless. Dude Love was a sex machine. Cactus Jack was a sadistic individual. Mankind was troubled and in darkness. Uh, On screen, the commissioner Foley, fantastic. Did he not hit the rock with his own catchphrase? Pop the rock live on television? Certainly did. Uh, In terms of wrestling ability, it depends on how you like your style. I give The Rock a 7.5 because his move is slap, slap, slap to a kip up, rock bottom, elbow, sometimes a Samoan drop and a DDT. That's cool. I give Foley a six because I think Foley is a brawler. He takes abuse, survives it, hits you with that mandible claw, the double arm DDT. He hits you with punches, kicks, slams his body into you. He's a survivor. Uh, Charisma, these two are magnetic. Both are fantastic. I will not take anything away. These are tens all around. Mike skills, again, tens each. Each of them, Mick Foley as Dude Love sounds different than Mick Foley as Cactus Jack, as Mick Foley as Mankind, as Mick Foley as Mick Foley. Uh, in terms of character, The Rock has been one note since he survived the feud with Farouk and uh, and then went on with Mick Foley. Um, in terms of character, I give The Rock an 8 out of 10 because he hasn't developed. He can't change. He can't be menacing. Watch his movies. He's Dwayne Johnson playing The Rock, playing Black Adam, playing do guy's name from the rundown, playing the Tooth Fairy, playing Jumanji. Uh, Foley is a 10 out of 10. He develops, he changes, he morphs in terms of looks based on who they're supposed to be. Each of them envelops the character that they're supposed to be and looks fantastic in their respective roles. Now you would say, oh, the rock is more of a sex icon. Sure, if that's what you're supposed to be. I mean, if I was roided up with a genetic blessing, that's fantastic. But if my purpose is to be psychotic, if my purpose is supposed to be funny, I want to be able to morph into each of these roles. What we find is that Mick Foley has given and developed and built every single person he's been with. He's been of benefit and not a detriment. Mick Foley's career may have gone further had he not taken 11 chair shots to the head from one Dwayne Johnson. Uh, His career may have gone further. He could have given more. He was going to go into a few with Dean Ambrose up until 2012, where he wasn't allowed to because he wasn't medically cleared. This guy gave everything he had and more maintained a family, maintained on-screen credibility, and in every place he went, and I think what's being forgotten and will be biased against, is that he went other places and was still remarkable. An icon, a legend, a Hall of Famer in each and every capacity. I wouldn't want anybody else on my roster if I didn't have Mick Foley. Because I know we're better for him. So why is McFoley the most important, which is my initial argument? Why is he great? Why does he deserve his place on Mount Rushmore? Because he's the foundation of Mount Rushmore. He's granite, he's stone, he's bone, he's blood, he's heart, he's love, he's consistency. I thank y'all for your time. That was good, bro. I like it. I I know we can can probably go for a whole other hour here. We can talk about a lot of stuff you guys have. I have a question. Does anybody... I just my my jacket was reversible, so I, I turned it on and turned my hat on back. Do you guys still recognize me? Yeah. 
Nah, man. Okay. I don't know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Nah. So, anyway, to finish it off, I, yo, that was the first time. Jay, I want to give you a shout out here. That's the first time someone has ever made Steve angry here. Steve was angry. I thought this was Steve was here. I thought this was before, but nah, he yeah. asked Steve. I wasn't Steve actually angry, but I wasn't actually angry, but well, you, you know, didn't turn green, so you weren't green. So I yeah, we, hey, we still hey, recognize Steve, you. Steve. <laughs> so, I think so the Eagles Steve, very serious. We're about to win another championship, man. I, I hope so. Can't about my Eagles while we the championship run. I'll, I'll see you in the parade. So what I'm gonna say is when when they vote you because it's a popularity contest, I'll hand deliver this to you. Oh. And the next time we have a wrestling debate, I'm coming back for it, all right? <laughs> oh, okay. That's fair. I think that's going to happen. I think that could happen, which is why at the end I had to switch it to black because one of us is going down. It's a funeral for somebody. <laughs> I was wearing all right, Taker. <laughs> nah, yo, that was fun. That was fun to watch. Brought up a lot of memories from me. And I was texting Paul Dorn. I was like, man. These guys know too much shit about WWE. Like, oh, yeah, they, I'm like, what the hell, man? It's a history lesson. Like, yo, I mean, for real. Both well, you got to remember something. I don't, I, don't, I don't know how much you guys factor this into it, but I know this because I pay attention to everything. Jay, he's gang gang. What I mean by that, he's a fellow tourist. I'm a tourist, so this is what we do. The only other person he forgot was a tourist when he went against his, his brethren. It's the <laughs> Yeah, he's but... He's a tourist, too. It would have been preferable. So, so Steve, you've been four and zero, right? I guess something like that. Four and zero. I mean, how does that make you feel? Um, it doesn't I, I, matter I, I, how it makes you feel. I totally agree. You're right. It doesn't matter how I feel. It doesn't matter how you feel. It matters how the people feel. So we'll let them vote, and they'll do the right thing, like Spike Lee said. Absolutely. Wait, see all this? This is stuff we didn't talk about tonight. I got, I got hours said, we, worth yeah. of conversation. I mean, we could go for another three I mean, I hours. It really could. I love this. I hope people. I hope people watching this know. Like, I, I love you, Steve. I had to build it up a little bit because I was coming from a deficit. I knew coming into this, it was an L, but I wanted to make sure people like. Yeah, I had to, I had to get some sort of excitement so people just go rock. Rock, who the fuck rock? Who's thinking there were you know anybody else? So I had to I had to antagonize you a little bit. And I know we had some things I mean, that like kept us from it. You you brought it and you did what you were supposed to do. So um kudos you to you it. for stepping up to the challenge because I know a lot one thing I always say, and I love everybody involved with this, you guys, but especially the platform, because there's a lot of mm-hmm. uh who we can say uh Twitter fingers online. So when we have a difference of opinion, we can handle like men, like adults, we can be respectful. So come in here, state your case, and pre- you know present the information. Don't get you know keyboard fingers online and be talking and then get challenged to something and then don't do it. So Jay was actually the person who initiated the challenge, and because I knew he was serious about what he was doing, I accept any and all challenges. So I'm kudos to you to do this and not backing down and being a man about it and standing on ten toes down. I appreciate that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Anytime y'all want to have another debate, let's talk about how gold dust is better than uh, <laughs> anybody else. <laughs> gold, dust versus, gold dust versus Rakish. Anytime you want to have an argument, I'll tell you why Jamarcus Russell is better than Tom Brady if you want. <laughs> 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 
I'll do it. Anytime you want an argument, I'll, I'll come uh, in and just man. argue. Yo, Jay, you were great, man. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, Steve, yeah. as always, thanks good for coming on as well. Steve's been good, man. Paul, I'm going to let you close it out here. It's all you, brother. All right, fellas, y'all both brought it. Yo, Jay, for a newcomer, you came in, you spit some fire. I appreciate it. You killed it. Steve, always, always, facts on facts, always. You guys kicked ass. This is set the tone for the year. I appreciate you guys for coming on. Y'all always welcome on the platform. Absolutely what he said. Guys, until oh, next time. R.I.P. Kobe. This is the anniversary of uh, the unfortunate passing of Kobe. So that's why I got the cook. I got the rock book I in the background. Shoes. I got one of my Kobe shoes there. So I'm seeing it. This isn't this isn't hot. Damn, he's gone. Yeah. Also, R.I.P. Mm-hmm. Uncle Iroh. Uh, <laughs> Avatar the last Airbender. All right, man. All right, y'all. Thanks for having us, man.